Hey everybody, welcome to um, Chatterbox episode three. I know it's been a little bit before I came back through. Uh, I built a fence and I did a few other things. I read a couple books and now I've got some other information. Actually, uh, I met up with a good friend of mine, Jamie Savalos, the swing mechanic, and I'll show those graphics up here in a minute on his website. And uh, he, we've had many conversations about the exercise physiology specifically when it comes to swinging because that's what he thinks about all day. Um, so he messaged me and he said, hey, you should talk more about some of the eccentric conversations we talked about. And if you're not familiar, eccentric is, uh, is as the muscle lengthens. Uh, so you're contracting as the muscle, muscle lengthens and what happens and stuff like that. So we're gonna get into that in just a minute. How, how are you, Jamie? And what is it your, uh, what was the questions you were going to start kind of throwing to me like, like we usually do? I'm doing well. Um, you know, I've been playing with eccentric. I am quite eccentric too. <laughs> um, but I've been playing around with it. Um, my first thought is I'm definitely more sore when I do it. I don't know if that's just because it's quite infrequent when I do it probably is uh but it but it is extremely intense that's what people forget like you know they often say you know do the negatives after you know to, to totally burn the muscle um and you'll get a you know obviously that's i you know that's uh i guess what i'm trying to say is it's extremely intense to do that so it's like it's good advice, but it's also like, okay, but it's just more in intense intensity. Um, and uh, it's very difficult to finish it. Up, you know, if you go to failure on your positives and yeah. then you finish it off with negatives, um, obviously that's going to add more intensity, which is going to probably build more muscle. But the question I guess is, is given the same amount of intensity, is eccentric movement better than, uh, I mean, how do you, how do you say better, but is it better for building muscle, let's say, than concentric? Um, well, if it was at the same intensity, it's always kind of a hard thing to say because uh, concentric or positive. So when I chose to do a bicep curl and I'm shortening the muscle, so this direction, that's concentric uh, versus eccentric when I'm doing a bicep curl and I'm lowering the weight so my muscles getting longer. Uh, our, our eccentric motion or strength is roughly double our concentric strength. So when you say I have the same intensity, uh, I would say probably not be very, it, probably, it would probably have negligible effects on more muscle building or hypertrophy of, the, of that muscle. Uh, however, if you were to go if you doubled your load and just did the eccentric portion, just as you like uh, controlled it down a five second eccentric contraction, uh, I, I'm not quite sure. I think, I think, but I don't know if this is actually right. I think that you probably would see some pretty good uh, hypertrophy response from that, at least for the first four or five attempts or, or training cycles of that. Um, 
I'm not sure. I know for certain you would have incredible, incredible swelling and soreness, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. It would, it would be kind of through the roof. Um, so that's kind of a trade-off. You would have a hard time moving around for a few days, right? Because you'd be super stiff. Because uh, you're, if you especially if you like sleep like this and you do biceps, then you're going to be like hard to straighten your arm out in the morning and things like that. So if you double the load and do nothing but an eccentric workout, you would have a lot of DOMS. I also think the eccentric alone, uh, for most purposes, is not uh, functional, especially in swing games, right? Baseball, tennis, golf. They have very little eccentric action in those activities. Almost all of their action, when you have the baseball bat, you don't go back and forward. It's usually con completely concentric action. The only part that's eccentric is when you're decelerating the bat on the backside of the swing. That's the eccentric part. Uh, they both have their necessity, because if you don't train one at all, then you're getting some kind of muscle imbalance or muscle inability. Um, and then you will end up with injury in time. But I don't know that it, especially in baseball, I couldn't say that it would be ex uh, uh, significant to, to really concentrate on the negative portion because in the upper body, the negative portion is not a big part of baseball. Well, that brings up a, a few different thoughts. Um, there's the, there's the belief, the common belief that, you know, if you play a certain sport that your movements in exercise should resemble that sport. And I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards, you should probably do as little of those movements as you need to, um, and actually do movements that are, that work like the opposite, because you're, if you're doing that sport, you're likely doing so many of those movements that you're probably going to struggle with, um, repetitive movement problems. So for yeah. me, like I actually, uh, I, I would look for exercises for the swing that actually are very different than the swing movement itself, because any, if you get more different from it, then again, you're, you're probably working muscles adjacent in, in a certain, you know, different way than the swing. And really, I think it's so much of it is just avoiding repetitive movement. Um, and exercises that kind of work the back end of all these muscles that you're typically working, I think is, uh, is probably a better way to go anyways. But uh, I, I think know. that, uh, I mean, you're referring to like general strength and conditioning versus specificity training and specificity training, uh, it definitely has its place. And as you approach, uh, competition specificity training, usually, uh, comes out more and more, especially depending on how, uh, how perfect your, your participants technique is, right? Because if you have, like, I feel like I have pretty good strength conditioning, but in about a month ago, I never ever play golf. And a friend of mine went out to this little golf course next to me and he was like, hey, let's hit some balls here. I was terrible at it. And it wasn't because I didn't have the strength and conditioning to do the movement. It's because I didn't have the specificity training 
to know how to hit the ball when and where I wanted to. Uh, you say specificity training, but what you mean is you don't have the experience swinging a club and hitting a ball. But that's the specificity, right? It's a, it's that's not, not training. Oh, you have to put your reps in, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. If if you mean by specificity training, you mean just doing your sport. Yeah. Right. And doing your sport. But sometimes like in training, what they'll do is they'll do something that's like um a very specific part of the swing. Like I think you do that with your with your front side back or whatever. It's a very it's a it's a small detail of the swing that you're trying to train those muscles. You might be trying to train the strength of the muscle, but you might also be trying to train the uh, motor motor learning of it. So exactly how are you controlling the flow of where that where that bat's going? Uh, and that is specificity training. It does it's not because that person in most cases it's not because they don't have the strength conditioning. It's because they don't have that fine control of knowing right where the bat's at at any moment and, and the rest of their body for that matter. Yeah. Um, there is definitely like specific musculature that comes with these movements that are like kind of bigger in some people than others. Uh, but yeah, I also hear what you're saying of train the activities that you're not using very much. Uh, and I would totally agree with that. I feel that it's really, really easy to, and I've, I've read about this, it's really easy to tunnel vision on your sport. And in fact, we do that in America a lot, right? You may be, uh, uh, maybe you find a high school kid, he's a freshman, he just started playing baseball, basketball, whatever it is, and he's playing at the game, he's already doing specificity training, and you know what, he doesn't have all the, the strength conditioning to really do this task very well, so he picks up an injury pretty quick. Uh, they say that to really get to high level, you need to have like 10 years of strength conditioning general. From there, then you start going like tapering into to, to specificity training. Uh, but yeah, you need to have that general base so that, I mean, there's always the, uh, I mean, for me, the part that when I was swinging that golf club, I'd never hit it full power because I, I tried to maybe once and I was like, oh, I think this is going to hurt my back. Uh, <laughs> I think this is going to hurt my back because my back is totally not used to that back end of the swing that's, that's twisting me. Yeah, uh, which, ease into it for sure. Right, and so that's what kind of you're talking about is yeah, the muscles that do the swing are all these muscles like kind of I guess in the front that are happening, making the the impact happen. But after impact, there's also muscles that are decelerating you, and those are the ones I think you're kind of referring to. You need to train those ones just as importantly, maybe even more so. Yep. Yeah. Um... Uh, I mean, I'm kind of in favor of just doing movements that are completely different, you know, like, uh, like sort of a sissy squat movement for the swing, you know, something like that. Like just as an example, like it's just, if there's a lot of crunching over in your movement and if there's a lot of twisting then maybe try to avoid that in your training and, uh, and, and do stuff that's, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm for me, I'm I'm big into what's the most uh the most you can basically work the muscle without doing damage. Right. <laughs> because I'm 44 and I realized all these weights are just pretty much not worth it. Um 
I mean, unless you have the, you know, um, unless you have the, the yoga type movements and even ring type movements down to where you have a good structure, your cartilage is healthy and all that, then maybe throw around the weights and, and like, but I just think weights are really damaging on the body. But, um, as far as like the, the eccentric movements, I've been really applying it with, uh, when I do rings and, uh, and I've reached like, like my most pull-ups, you know, and then I'll just jump up and hold it here and then drop it on the negative slowly. Um, trying to think that that's really probably the, where I use it the most because I don't have a spot when I exercise, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. And I, like before I kind of said, I guess in theory that that might bring about the most hypertrophy or muscle growth, because as you're, you're like pulling apart these muscles, uh, you get like the little, the, the, the cross bridge heads, they pop off and that's part of your inflammation and other tissues around around the cross bridge that they kind of they kind of creep on each other like that uh, the other tissues around that break uh, so you're absolutely calling to the muscle or calling to the rest of your body i have inflammation in this area i need or i need to repair uh, and so i don't know i mean i haven't done research on specifically does that kind of training increase hypertrophy i don't know uh, but it's definitely a, like you're going to failure. You're going to concentric failure is what you're doing, right? Because you can't pull up anymore, but you can lower. You can lower with control. Lower still, yeah. 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 And, so, and, and to, go from, to, to go from concentric failure to eccentric failure in a single set is, is going to be super, super intense. Oh, very. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I can imagine that concentric failures happens pretty quick, but eccentric failure takes a while. And you actually have to like help yourself up on the bar and then lower again, like 10 times or something. Yeah. Cause it can get to the point where just, just the raising yourself up is, is like, you know, you're exhausted by that point. But, I bet. I bet. But yeah, that's a, uh, go ahead. I was going to say the part that might be very hypertrophic, hypertrophic, the way you're describing it is, uh, you're completely exhausting muscle fibers till they fail, right? And so you're asking your body to start recruiting other muscle fibers that haven't fatigued yet. Well, that means when you get done with your workout, the smallest muscle fibers, type 1A, the medium, and type 1B, uh, no, 2A, 2B, well, the fast twitch and slow twitch, all of them have actually been have been used and strained and so they will all adapt because of that so that could be a an answer to what you're saying yeah Go ahead. i thought i've heard you say though that that eccentric yeah. is actually more valuable than the concentric is that more is valuable that... when it comes to hypertrophy or it yeah. comes to what when it comes to hypertrophy uh eccentric 100 percent causes way way more pain uh, delayed onset muscle soreness. Okay. Uh, does that equal that? Does does the DOMS equal gains? Uh, with the old adage, "No pain, no gain." You know, when I was in school, my professors always said that is not true. That no pain, no gain is not a true statement. They because they said if you and I believe that part of it. If you were to do 
just a concentric exercise, so just the ups, and then somebody like carried it down for you. If you just did the ups, you would experience very little pain in the following days. But you still went through the activity, you still had the hormonal response, the change in pressure in your, in your limbs and stuff. So you should still see some hypertrophy. Uh, that's an interesting topic. Now you make me think I need to go look up hypertrophy concentric versus eccentric to see if it's truly, uh, if it's truly different. Uh, I think that eccentric does absolutely cause hypertrophy, but is it more? Uh, I think what, when we talked before, it was because when I did my research, uh, the eccentric motion like spreads apart the muscle fibers, so to speak, and other uh, substrates are able to get in between fibers. Uh, for growth and for kind of to modify the structure. Sounds sounds like what I'd say, but maybe I had said before eccentric was was the way for hypertrophy. I can't remember. What is what is your method of incorporating eccentric into your uh, your goals? Do you do you incorporate it into your your exercise? Of course, of course I do. Uh, and obviously you have to, but do you do you think about adding adding just the eccentric at times? I usually don't think about adding solely eccentric because uh, I would have to have it would work with some exercises, right? Like pull ups, I could use my legs to get up and then lower myself, but with like curls. I couldn't do that because something has to get it up here unless somebody was going to curl it up for me and let me drop it. But how am I going to get the weight up is usually the yeah. issue of why I can't do just eccentric. Yeah. Uh, but I, for myself, when I'm working out, uh, I don't do it every, every, about every two weeks, I kind of change the way my cycle is going. But I do sometimes time under tension. So I'll do three, they call it 3030, so three seconds up. No, no time at the top of three seconds down, or sometimes I'll do 5050. So five up, five down. Uh, and so I'm not doing using any momentum, and I'm spending a whole lot of time going through both concentric and eccentric. So it fatigues my muscles out a lot. And I don't need to carry a whole bunch of weight, so I'm having a lot less stress on my joints. Because uh, if I were to do just curls, like four sets of 12, I could easily do 35 pounds, like at, at whatever cadence I want. But if I have to go 5050, I'm probably going to carry like no greater than for 45 second stretches. I'm probably going to carry no greater than 20 pounds. And then I'm going to step it down from there because I'll fatigue really fast. So that's how I train the eccentric portion. And I, I like it. I think it's important. I think it's a, a normal part of everyday life. If you're carrying a table, that's, that's isometric to eccentric. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would say I probably do, you know, where I just exhaust the muscles with an eccentric movement, probably do it like once a month or something like that, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that it's going to cause you, uh, much harm. If any, it probably doesn't cause hardly any harm, but I'm sure it causes a lot of pain on those after those workouts though. Yeah, definitely. It can feel the soreness. And that's where a lot of people immediately like soreness, pain, pain equals gain. Uh, 
uh, yeah, I don't know that that's true, but pain does not mean, does not always mean no gain. It just, it just means that your muscle has taken damage and it needs some time to recover. Yeah. You think it's better uh, to, to uh, if you're feeling pain, do you think it's, it's better to lay off it or, or to send blood through it and maybe do a little exercise? Uh, you know, it's good to do, I like it, like on your off days, it's absolutely good to do some exercise to send some blood through it. It's not so much that I'm going to do the same workout, but I would definitely do something to pass some, pass some, uh, I guess, to be active in that area so that I can recover faster. I know back when I was younger, reading bodybuilding magazines and stuff like that, like they made it sound like on your off days, you should just seriously like not move, like just be in, be in bed and, you know. No, I mean, I would suggest that. I would suggest active rest. So that just means doing something that's, uh, it's not so strenuous, like maybe go for a swim, go for a, a light jog, not a sprint. Uh, things like that or if you if your game is basketball you know just go play a leisurely game of baseball as long as you didn't totally kill your legs the day before you should be fine and it's probably helps you recover faster if you stay active just you just don't need to push it to 80 to 95 percent every day even on your off days because then that's gonna that's gonna eventually cause overtraining syndrome uh, and while you'll, you'll see injury and diminishing abilities consecutively. You still there? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I got a voicemail. Uh, so what else is there? Let's see, you, yeah, I know you say you like your sissy squats. For me, I, I don't like, I don't do them very often. But I think they're hard on your knees, yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't say they're inappropriate. I just don't do it all the time because a sissy squat is like bringing your knees like way over your toes. Yeah. So yeah, that would that would be something that I might not take care of once a month or something like that. I wouldn't do that very often because I do think sissy squats are really tough on your knees. Um, but I believe you've told me before. Uh, I believe you said if your body is capable of moving that way, you need to use that ability once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. Um, sounds... I always think of that 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 country where the women um, have made their necks like a foot long. Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah, they put the rings in there and it stretches their neck. Yeah, really and long. it stretches. Yeah. And I always think like I wonder if that is a practice because it shows you that consistency is the key because for that like who would ever think that you could make your neck longer but it's basically saying that like your body will adapt if you're consistent but if you rush it you're going to pay with injury and you're not going to be able to to achieve whatever goal you're going after whether that's a long neck or you know or more muscle mass like you just have to be there's a patience involved in, in those women growing their necks, I'm sure. Because if, again, if they just tried to grow it in two weeks like that, there'd be problems. Probably, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just, 
that's that's our our state in general, man. It doesn't have to just be lifting weights or gaining flexibility, but that's our state in general, and that's a hard thing for us to really I want to accept is that you know you got to think about ways to make one percent changes in yourself. One percent changes. What what can you see in your life that can get you a one percent change? It doesn't have to be with performance of lifting weights and playing soccer, and it doesn't have to be with how can I touch my toes, but uh, you know, just a 1% change in, you know, you're learning a language 1% a day or whatever. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's mental or physical or psychological, you just have to look for the areas where you could make a 1% change every day or, 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 or work towards that 1% change. And those, those differences, they, they don't matter in the short term. Of course they take years. I mean, you look at just like a two or three degree change from a flight from whatever, LA to LA to New York. Well, then that, if you just had to go to San Francisco, you'd probably just be at Oakland or something, right? Just at the airport next to it. But if yeah. you went LA to New York and you just had a one or two degree change, you'd probably be down in Florida, Florida yeah. or Canada, because it's that, the, that change compounds over the distance, which is time. So yeah. You just have to be patient, be consistent, and find that little change, and eventually you'll, you you know, like kind of crawl towards your goal. There was a book about that. What you're saying right there, that's called something. Yeah, yeah, there is a book about that. What, what did I? Uh, uh, I'm reading it right now, actually. Uh, it's like a... I forgot what it's called. Let me see if I can find it. Um, you read that book? I don't know. It's just hitting a memory in my head. I have no idea where it came from, but it's it's a good it's a good point, which is just like, you know. I don't know if I'm going to find it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm reading that book right now where it's just kind of like the guy that wrote this, the book that that book that I'm talking about, he's all about uh, because he was a baseball player. I don't, he was never a professional, I don't think, but he was, he was a high school baseball player when he, and in his junior year, somebody like threw a bat and it hit him right in the face and it like fractured this part of his face. Oh my gosh. And uh, he was in a coma for extended periods because his brain was swelling and it busted him up bad. And then like a year or two later, when he was a senior, he was able to to play baseball again and he was really terrible he didn't he wasn't even good enough to make varsity they put him on junior varsity as a senior and so he was really disappointed in that because he's been playing baseball since he was a little kid and he can't even make varsity when he's 18 years old he had to play with the uh, 15 year olds and he just kept playing he got on and played at a college and stuff and just making these little changes in himself and he ended up getting like i don't know some prestigious baseball player college baseball player award um for like very consistent and, and playing playing good baseball i guess but yeah his book is all about making these little tiny changes and finding these small abilities um because it's really hard to find these things that are well you know this will take 10 minutes and you're going to be 75 percent better you know those things don't 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 exist very much but the small ones they exist a lot and you got to go get them.
yeah, I, that's something that, like I said, like I'm just real big on with myself these days, which is just uh, um, sort of a um, a long term, I guess, uh, to put it simply, a long term view of where you're looking to go. Um, you know, it's just. I think it's important if you have a if you have something you want to accomplish to um to give yourself ample time uh, for me at least because i'm always i look back on my life and a lot of the things that that i didn't accomplish really were due to some sort of burnout when it when it comes down to it uh yeah. if i had just tried to enjoy my life in pursuit of this goal that i had and not look at it as i'll be happy when this goal is accomplished and and basically go on a sprint towards it yeah. um then i i really can't see any of the things that i wanted to accomplish not being accomplished you know yeah um, and that i guess that's a pitfall of being goal oriented right because what happens yeah. after you get your goal now yeah yeah, now, I, but for the most part, if you were holding off happiness until you got your goal, that was probably a big mistake because now you're going to accomplish your goal and realize, oh, it's the same. It's a, the <laughs> level of happiness is pretty much the same. There's some excitement with my trophy, you know, but uh, for the most part, you're going to feel the same. So you might as well enjoy it while you go towards it. Um, in fact, you probably have to, or else you'll just it won't be worth it eventually because right. you'll realize that, that these little accomplishments aren't, aren't really sustaining you. Right. And, you know, you have to make it who you are, right? Uh, you set your goal of, I don't know, maybe you set your goal of being losing a hundred pounds and it happens a lot, right? People hit their goal and then they gain hundred pounds. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that'd be a perfect example of that's a person who struggled on the way there. They didn't they didn't take their time, make incremental changes and 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 enjoy life and and get there with a patience and sort of a calmness. You know, well, they also have to. I mean, that's true, uh, but they also have to reframe it as not. I'm trying to get this goal, but I'm trying. This is who I am like. And I'm slowly gonna fake. I'm gonna fake it till I'm there. You know, you yeah. have to slowly believe that's who you are. I mean, in that book, the guy's example was, uh, you know, there's two smokers, and he said one guy says, "No, I'm trying to quit." Like, you want a cigarette? No, I'm trying to quit. Quit. And the other guy says, "I'm not a smoker." They're on the same exact boat. They they quit the same day or whatever. But psychologically, one guy. I'm a smoker. I just can't. And the other guy's like, no, that's just not my identity. I'm not a smoker. And they might have the exact same feeling inside of like, I need a cigarette right now. But in the, this, the, the way he described it, it was like the other person has more likelihood of succeeding because he's making it his identity. And so if it's your identity, then you will make, you will structure things in your life to keep your identity the way you want it to be. And in his case, my identity is I'm not a smoker. So I don't go to those places. I don't do those things. That's what smokers do. And that's not me. Uh, but 
that's not an easy thing to do. It's something that, can, of course, can be done, but it's hard to put yourself in a perspective of who you aren't right now, but to believe that you are that person and slowly, slowly push your way towards that, that person. And that person sometimes accomplishes those goals. And, and that's why there, I think there's so many books being written talking about, and I don't know, I don't really read books like this anymore but uh but I've heard it a lot lately of like you know the importance of like small actions you know like putting a putting more of a of a stress on what you want to lose weight well then go for a five minute walk right now or something like that or go for a 10 minute walk right now you know just do things like that because that just gets the ball rolling I mean everyone if you have the attitude of like you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month and I'm going to rush towards it. And you haven't thought about what's going to happen after that, or, you know, um, I think that, uh, you haven't really planned out well, you haven't really, that's not a good plan. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. For, yeah. life, for life, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's a certain, there's a certain patience and just kind of, like I said, calmness that I think I'm starting to realize needs to, needs to be happen, needs to happen with, uh, with goals, you know? Yeah. I feel that way myself. I mean, I can't say that, uh, um, I have everything I want professionally or personally, of course. And so I have to be more than just, here's a goal. Let me go get it. Uh, I got a lot of things that I'm still trying to make better all the time. I'm probably never going to get there, but but I'm gonna. I'm trying to figure out a better way than I've been doing. That's for sure. It, it's it can be fun. I think to try to. You know, I've never been into setting goals, and I think that that's part of the problem I'm talking about. Because I would just kind of get these intentions, like, I don't know. I want to. I want. I want to be this or that, and then, without setting a, a goal and being sort of realistic, it would just be like full court pressure towards that goal all the time and then it's like okay that's cool you watched a lot of rocky movies and you saw what hard work can do for you and all that but there just needs to be more because we're, we're a human we're humans in a human body that has its own needs we have whatever other needs and you can't just go full court press all the time you know right, um, right. that's that's the value of goals i think and we're getting way off topic than that from eccentric but <laughs> That's okay. Probably figured that would happen. That's the way our conversations usually go, man. We usually yeah. don't stick on one topic. Yeah. And, uh, that's okay. I don't have, uh, nobody's complaining about my podcast yet. So I must not, I must not be doing it right. So I keep trying to change the recipe until I figure out a few people are liking it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm sure you'll get the, them shortly. The complainers. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I never, I never, uh, I never put, I actually always thought goals were like overrated because I thought like, well, they never pan out the way you thought of them anyways. So what's the point? Like, you know, but now I see, I see their importance because it, it keeps you nice. And if they're good, I mean, if they're, like I said, lose 20 pounds in, a, in two weeks or something, that's a little extreme. Obviously that's not good, but if they're well thought out, plan appropriately um they're fun too 
because it's like uh, I, I think of it like a like a putt in golf. You know, like it's fun to putt because you do all the calculations and then you do the the motion that sends the ball there, and it's fun to see it. Wow, did everything I did? Let's see how it it resulted. Yeah. And once I started looking at, like, I like to practice putting a lot. And once I started looking at it like that, like, it's so fun to practice. And then I realized that goals are the same thing. It's like you set everything as well as you can. And you plan it out as well as you can. And then you, you go and you do it and you see how it happens. If it doesn't work, it's still fun to see how it pans out. And then you, you know, then you oh, yeah. set it again. Then you, you know. adjust it and go for yeah, it Yeah, then you adjust it. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's an important uh, kind of thing that I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm reading about that stuff right now. I've read a few books about that and uh, I'm definitely getting better at it. And I'm, I'm trying to be focused on things because I, I will like trying to jump around different ideas sometimes real quick if it doesn't happen the way I want it. And I'm trying to kind of settle down on stuff and be focused and, you know, create, create some meaningful things, meaningful to me, meaningful to other people. And, you know, like in this very podcast, I don't make this so much for me. I'm, I make this cause I'm like, hopefully somebody else hears it. It makes sense to them. They got questions for me that makes a difference to them. Yeah. Um, and probably the same for anything for you and your, your swing mechanic. I mean, yeah, you might be able to make kind of a profession all that, but I think you just really love the, the science of the swing and you really love seeing somebody listen to your advice and be able to do amazing things with it. Yeah. I mean, we, I think it comes down to we're put on this planet to do something and you know, I mean, there's a drive to make money that we all have to go towards, but you know, there's, there's a drive to, to fulfill, to have a, a purpose to, you know. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's a little complicated, but <laughs> it is a little complicated. <laughs> Life is quite complicated. Yeah. Life yeah. Is- well, I'm like, Oh, these are just difficult things to answer and to think about. Um, I mean, I guess kind of the next thing for us, or not so much for us, because I don't know what you got going on, but is to keep trying to do this, um, make some plans. I keep trying to write things about it on my website, and I keep trying to think about things to make for my podcast, and just trying to figure out where my audience is. And I, I've been taking notes on these things a little bit, slowly getting more and more. You know, at the very least, if this stuff never works, well, then I will have experience in all these little technologies and uh, it'll come in handy somewhere, somehow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much more we got to cover. We had gone 40 minutes or so. That's a long one for me. I'm usually at 20 minutes. And... You know, I'm sure we could go on another six hours. We could find something to talk about, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we usually do. Uh, someday, I wish I could figure out how to do 
some kind of project with you or organize an idea with you. Um, but that doesn't have to be right now. But someday I think that would be a good thing. And then I, I, would, have a, I would have a reason to come visit you at your place. Uh, besides just visiting, because I don't gamble much, so I don't have a lot of interest to go to Nevada. <laughs> uh, not, not like that, I don't gamble. But it would be good. It would be good. Keep something in mind. We'll, we'll make a plan and we'll make something. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. We can start with these. I mean, I'll, I know I'll have plenty of topics to talk with you about. See what awesome. I'd be interested to see what your opinion is. Well, have you actually went through my website at all? A little bit. Because then you could, if you're logged in, you can see, by the way, my website, virtualbluezone.tribe.so. <laughs> if you're logged in, you can see way more than if you're not logged in. And you can see topics such as blood flow restriction, which I think you'd be interested in that one. Do you know what that one's about? No. To give you a very, very brief summary, it's about uh, if you like restrict the blood to your extremities and then do a moderate workout, the benefits of that. And I don't want to give you, I don't want to spill all the details right now. So can I just it, ask, are you restricting and then working out with the restriction going on? Yeah. And then they, you take it off when you're done? Yes. Okay. So they call that blood flow restriction or occlusion training. So you can get a brief summary. It's on my website. We can talk about that one of these times. Uh, microbiome. I've been reading all about microbiome and how it affects us. Uh, that's actually what another podcast I'm probably going to record later today or tomorrow about the microbiome. And I've been really trying to find some research on microbiome gut access. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, skeletal muscle gut axis. So is there basically little bugs that live in our stomach that makes us grow muscle faster? Or is it totally unrelated? That's why you started the kombucha. I got, I'm making connections. You that's want? Part, that's part of the reason why. Well, because kombucha, kombucha is, uh, my, is bacteria, right? That, that make your kombucha and your carbonation. But there's also sauerkraut. There's like i don't know there's probably dozens or hundreds of different little ones so i was like well those things they are full of micro microbes i think there's a good thing to it after i read a few books on that which i also wrote about uh that's kind of what is motivating me to see does it matter does these little gut microbes matter when it comes to general health doesn't matter when it comes to hypertrophy endurance do they matter uh, currently research suggests yeah they matter they don't know much about it right now but they they are finding out i think it matters yeah yeah so yeah you got yeah. me with kombucha yeah i mean like you said we have plenty of topics we could talk about yeah well write some down keep having some goals let's keep trying to uh motivate the swing mechanic I have my goal to is to get a, a, a thousand subscribers on youtube right for now. your for for your about 460. wow and i uh i don't know is that that'd be an interesting topic how do i set that goal because that's like out of my hands the control, you know what i mean like i can you know like do you set a date 
or do you just say that's my goal and I'll be happy when I get it, but I'm not going to rush it. I'm just going to, you know, I got, I got the, I got the follow up for that. You know I me, mean? I always have answers for things. So I don't always have answers yeah. for myself, but I have answers for everyone else. So <laughs> that's, not, that's not the best thing, but I, but I always have answers for other people or at least good suggestions, I think. Uh, so I have the solution to that. Maybe you want to save that one for next time. I don't know when exactly next time will be. You let me know. This week I have quite a bit of free time, so I can make a lot of them this week and put them out over the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, my subscriber count is probably somewhere in the teens, if that. So <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but you know what? I did look at your subscriber count, and it's it's growing fast. Whatever it is, I remember thinking, "Wow, really." I didn't even know, man. Nobody, well, nobody I mean, comments. You know, you're just uh, just starting off, but it's interesting that I'm actually, I'm just one of those people. I'm amazed to get any subscribers. Like, how are they seeing it? How are they, you know, but it's great that we live in this time where we can spread, if we have a message, we can, we can have our own channel for yeah. no cost. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, when you think about it, it's it's pretty incredible for guys like our age because we've come to a point where we have messages that we want to share. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're 16, I mean, maybe you just want to post, you know, your makeup videos or workout videos or something. But when you're 44, you know, hopefully you've you've figured some things out, you know. Hopefully I have a cup, one or two things that I know better than someone else that I can share. Yeah, exactly. At least one or two. And, I, and I'm always open to hearing and having different guests because I know they got a couple of things that I need to figure out a little better. Yep. yep. Uh, but I guess with that, we should uh, wrap this up and uh, we can do it again sometime. I, I, I'm glad I had somebody to talk to. I usually have a hard time filling 20 minutes. So this is good. Yeah. If anyone out there has baseball players, check out the swingmechanic.com please do please check out swing mechanic if you just have all kinds of general health health and wealth questions where do you put your money how do you how do you invest it i got those kind of answers too or i got that kind of advice um but you want baseball mainly baseball is it just baseball or is it also tennis golf anything that swings eventually it's going to be anything with swings i even uh want to i want to get into mma there are a lot of swing actions in mma okay um, i'd like to eventually have you know uh instructors in, in many different sports because i think any any movement that has a swing in it um is typically being taught in a way that i vehemently disagree with in sports <laughs> and, and i i want to make my way in other sports but for right now i'm i'm focused on the sport that I started with, which is baseball. Cool. Okay, we'll do that. One of these ones, biomechanical analysis of uh, angular momentum, because that's all yeah. your thing. So yeah. what we will do on here a bio analysis of the angular, 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 uh, angular speed. Yeah. yeah. All right. So go visit one of our sites. If you actually watch this whole thing, really appreciate it. Hit like, hit subscribe down the bottom somewhere, and. Uh, Look forward to whenever we have another one, which I don't quite know where that's at yet. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah.